Sci-Fi for Me presents Jason Hunt and Timothy Harvey. This is the H2O Podcast. Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the H2O Podcast. My name is Jason Hunt. And I am Timothy Harvey. Who has better places to be tonight, so we're pre-recording this one. That's not entirely the case. I have different places to be. It's the Fringe Festival is getting ready to start here in Kansas City, and I'm involved with two of the shows, and this is the one that I'm filming. Yes. And it's a very odd show. I encourage you folks, if you're in the Kansas City area, check out the Kansas City Fringe Festival. It's an amazing arts festival. Lots of great live performance of just about anything you can imagine. Stuff that is very family-friendly, stuff that is very not family-friendly. There's a little bit for everybody. Um, And this is a very experimental live theater show, which I get to film and turn into something that looks a little more like a not experimental live theater <laughs> show. <laughs> yeah, because some of the stuff that you're filming is actually going to be in the show as part of the show. Is that right? Well, no, actually, um, but but kind of. So so basically, in the course of this this immersive theater experience, the audience is part of the story, and there's three stories going on at the same time that all connect. But because you're immersed in one part of the story, you're not immersed in the other two parts, which means everybody gets a different experience, which is really kind of neat. But from a narrative uh, A to B to C storyline kind of thing, anyone who's ever edited a film. (laughs) So it's really kind of fun and exciting. But tonight is the dress rehearsal, which is the only time I'm going to be able to actually capture all the pieces uh, in a in an isolated separate way. <laughs> <laughs> well, now and and the other thing too, um, just looking at uh, the picture here, I I like the fact that I can actually see you now because there's a light. <laughs> <laughs> but every now and then I'm seeing the light in your in your glasses. So just a just an FYI, we're constantly we are constantly. If it's not one thing, it's another here, folks. That's right. Um, I I uh, I was telling Tim that. Uh, uh, it appears that last week's episode is the first one where the audio is pretty balanced between the two, especially now that we're over here in the new space. Mm-hmm. And um, and and then of course once we get it all figured out, now we're doing now we're doing the colon. So I wanted to get ri- uh, get through a little bit of this business. If you are so inclined to go shopping for licensed franchise stuff you can check out superherostuff.com and get 10% off your order when you enter the promo code sci-fi for me 10 and you will notice on our uh, on our screen here uh, we are now available on iHeartRadio you do a search for the H2O podcast and you will find us there and come to find out if you do a search for sci-fi for me You'll also find some of our older shows. And if you do a search for Zumpocalypse Now, you will find that too. So we actually have more than one show over there on iHeartRadio, but this is the only one that's current. 
Right. Uh, I think Zompocalypse is current as well because it's feeding from the uh, the podcast.com feed. Mm, sure. So uh, so give that a listen. Check that out over there. And uh, tonight, a topic that has kind of skated by us a little bit. Um, we got a poster here not too long ago for a new TV series that's in production currently, Star Trek Picard. We haven't talked a whole lot about Star Trek, and part of that is because we don't have anybody covering the beat. We don't have anybody covering Star Trek as a thing. We had a show for a while called Triple Bites, which we would like to bring back Mm -hmm. at some point. Uh, to have all of our Star Trek news in one place, very much like we do with uh, Salacious Crumbs covering Star Wars. But we just haven't had the personnel uh, to get it all put together. It's it's very likely I'm going to end up having to do everything all myself because that's how it is around here. But, but, um, but yeah, so, uh, so we got a new poster for uh, for Star Trek Picard, and I'm assuming, is since that's what's on the on the on the artwork, that that's what they're going to end up calling it. Because right. yeah. for a while they were sitting there saying, "Well, we don't know what we're going to call it," and everybody was like, "Well, let's just call it Picard." And so I guess that's what they're going with. So, uh, and my apologies, folks, if there's some weird kind of noises. A- Apparently, someone has decided to um, make very large. And, I guess. I guess they're mowing outside the apartment building. <laughs> but of course they are. Of course they are. Of course they are. So luckily, you know, the microphone has got a relatively <laughs> small range, but at the same time, it's a really loud noise outside my window. Yes. Oh, oh, oh. Sorry. Speaking of mowing. Yes. I, I posted on Instagram yes, uh, uh, yesterday. I actually got out on the riding mower for the very first time. Mm-hmm. And mowed the front lawn, and posted pictures of the front lawn that everybody is supposed to get off of. Right. Um, <laughs> and it's it's. I'm going to have to figure out the best mowing pattern because you know when you're when you use a push mower, you go to the end of the row, you you whip it around 180 degrees to the next row, sure, and you do the right. next row, and you whip it around, and you do the next row. Well, this riding mower doesn't have that kind of turn radius. Oh, it's right, not something yeah. It's just going to, it's not, it doesn't spin on a dime like that. So I'm having to go out and circle back and come back. So it's, it's just something that I've just got to figure out how to, how to best do uh, when I'm mowing. And then, of course, we've got the backyard to do um, where the coyote has ripped apart Papa Smurf. The Smurf had uh, it coming. <laughs> and the funny thing is I went out there I went out there yesterday um, well and, and well, I've to, have I told have I told the story I can't remember where I've told the story about find, discovering that we have a coyote yeah and um, actually uh, you you happened to mention it on um, this very show last okay week? I thought I did but you know it's I, I haven't slept very well in the last few weeks so um, because of the move and and various different things but um I go out there yesterday mm-hmm. to see, you know, if if I could see where the coyote is. And I go out, and I notice it feels like it's it seems like that there's more debris out there sure. this time. 
because at one point I did see him rolling around in the grass and tossing Papa Smurf up in the air and you know playing just <laughs> like a regular dog. Sure, so I go right. out there and there's more stuffing, and Papa Smurf's hand is now separated from his body. <laughs> and in the back, I know the the Smurfity. Um, <laughs> But Papa Smurf is closer to the fence now. Uh, uh, and further back toward the tree line, there's a new stuffed animal. It's a little orange bull. And now, now I'm wondering, where is he getting these stuffed animals? Because I'm not giving it to him. Where did this come from? Now, I go out there today, and I haven't seen I haven't seen the coyote today, but, um, but the bull is now closer to the fence than Papa Smurf. It's like all of the stuff is getting closer to the dog run uh, for for uh, office dogs, and I was like, uh huh. Is he is he bringing us gifts? Is he deciding maybe he's going to sure. kind of ease into the whole howdy neighbor let's play thing, or is he bringing this stuff to warn us that he's going to kill us in our sleep? What is it? So it's yeah it's it's real it's it's interesting to see the the progression of position for these two stuffed animals as they get closer to the house. You almost hear the Jaws theme behind you. It's like, da -da, da -da. Oh, so anyway, I'm fairly well amazed that the it, the mowing has been going on as long as it has been here because anyone who's ever been to my apartment knows that there's about this much yard. Yeah, you don't have anything there. It's like this strip of grass and it's at an angle. So yeah, I mean that's a that's a real steep hill in front of your place and 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 for anybody to be on that with anything but a push mower is yeah, you know, so they're kind of, taking their lives in their own hands. I'm not sure what they're doing out there, but uh, it is it has gone into idle mode, which hopefully means it's or oh, it stopped. Oh, good. It lasts. All right, so now we can talk about our topic. Um, yeah. Okay, so so Star Trek Picard. This was announced. How long ago was this announced? This has been a what six months, eight months? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. And we got early indications that uh, Patrick Stewart was. Uh, very heavily involved in developing the story. He's also mm -hmm. a producer on the show. Right. As is Alex Kurtzman. But we're not going to hold that against him because maybe Kurtzman will pull it out in the end. Maybe. Maybe he will deliver. Um, I, I was not impressed with the first episode of Discovery. I haven't seen any of the rest of the show yet. Um... And you've you've talked about uh, second season being much better than the first. Yeah. But for them to spend so much time moving away from all of the old stuff, all of the existing materials, uh, Next Generation, DS9, Voyager, original series, all of that. We want all the new stuff. You've got the Kelvin universe. You've got Discovery is its own thing, and, and despite whatever they say, it's got to be its own different, separate timeline. I, it's interesting. I find it curious that they're coming back to Jean-Luc Picard out of all of them. I mean, it's Patrick Stewart, so that makes perfect sense 
that you're going to bring him in because you know this is on the heels of all the X-Men movies and you know, he's Sir Patrick Stewart and he's you know he's very popular and well received and everybody's excited about getting him back so of course yes this is, there's a there's a marketing thing there but if this is this is apparently 19 years after Nemesis right so it's in the prime timeline which they have done their best to avoid up until this point and I'm wondering if they're going back to the prime timeline in order to bring back some fans who said you know they look at Discovery and they said this is not my Star Trek they look at Kelvin and they say, "This is not my Star Trek. This is not Star Trek. This is Star Wars with with you know this. This is Star Wars cosplaying as Star Trek." And I'm wondering if the one of the reasons why they're coming back to Picard's timeline is to bring some of those uh, disgruntled fans back, maybe. It's a possibility. I think that um, if if that's a if that's a mindset, I I'm not necessarily the biggest fan, uh, not meant to be a pun, of of adjusting what you're doing to meet the most vocal fan complaints. Sometimes sometimes it's a valid thing, but this way can lie. Um, studios making decisions that are not necessarily in the best service of the story. Well, given given the blowback that the Last Jedi had, and the the way that fans have been extremely vocal about um, that particular franchise, and then of course you've got um, but I would also, Marvel I would also, stuff. Yeah, but I also say it's a little bit different for Star Trek because we fans have had fans have had opportunity to see different stories told in the Star Trek universe. So you had Next Generation came yeah. back. And as remember that it, to some degree, while everyone was really excited about Next Generation, some more. There, were, there were legitimate concerns that first season, because a good chunk of the first season was frankly not very good. <laughs> the show got really good over time. Yeah. But that first season, Encounter at Farpoint, for all the fact that it was new Star Trek, was not quality television. It simply wasn't. I mean, nostalgia well, and, and I think I think one of the reasons why you had some issues with Next Generation out of the gate is because Roddenberry insisted on the fact that none of them would, you know, none of the, the crew all gets along. There's no conflict in the main cast, and, and yet, oddly enough, that's a problem. One of the one of the uh, uh, complaints about Discovery was that the crew didn't all get along, which I thought well, it's fast. It's that, fascinating. That's ironic. Like, yeah. Um, but the, you, but then you look at you had Deep Space Nine, you had Voyager, you had Enterprise. There have been lots of different ways to tell Star Trek stories. Star Trek fans have had a lot more opportunities to dislike something. <laughs> Than Star Wars fans have right. in, that, in in the in the cinema, right? That, the, the... That's a fair point, but I would also counter that with the fact that a lot of this new Star Trek, Next Generation, and Voyager, DS Nine, all of that happened before the internet. And True. if True. if 
if we were now getting our first Star oh, Trek God. reboot, they would have. You they would imagine have Next Generation would have been burned to the ground. Yes, the first season would have been. I mean, butchered for all the complaints that I mean, and and believe me, I you know. Well, there, Enterprise, there... Enterprise kind of was. Oh yeah. In a way, I mean, you were just getting into the internet and and the online. I mean, it wasn't social media and Twitterverse and stuff and the mobs, but the discussion, you know, the online bulletin boards, the fan boards, and that kind of thing. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, Enterprise got hurt. Um. One by by fan by fan fan blowback, but also by the fact that Enterprise until the fourth season really wasn't considered a Star Trek series. Yeah, it wasn't until Manny Cotto got in there the fourth season he sat there and he went, you know, I think we ought to make this show about Star Trek and start trying to tie it into some continuity of the overall broad Star Trek you know, universe. But up until that point, it wasn't even there. Which is not to say that, that all Star Trek TV shows have to tie into continuity. There are. They there at is, least have to have to recognize it and honor the continuity if they're going to be in the same timeline. Now, Discovery one would, is one not. Would think, yes, but I mean, I think there was a lot of bad writing in Enterprise early oh, yeah. on, um, and I think I think that that all of these shows, and and again for the folks who who were just like Discovery is awful, remember that the first season of most of these shows was kind of shaky, yeah, or not good. Yeah. Or, I mean, and personally, of, of the three series, I think the only one that didn't get better over time was Voyager. And that's a personal opinion, folks. I'm, if you enjoyed Voyager <laughs> and you thought it got better over time, I think Voyager suffered from the episodic TV issue in a TV show that needed to be story arced a lot heavier than I, it was. I would agree with that. I think that, that one of... <sighs> One of the problems until they came up with species eight four two seven or whatever that whatever that alien right, yeah. species was, up until that point, how do you have a continuing villain if you're traveling away from the villain from the first first episode? And mm -hmm. that I think, at least for the first season, probably for the second, you know, when you're having to deal with the Kazon, you can only use the Kazon so much before you travel outside their sphere of influence, and right. the yeah. Kazon are no longer a factor, and now what do you do? Now yeah. who are, who's your antagonist? Who are your villains? Who's the, who's the bad guy? And when they got into, you know, the, of course they brought in the Borg, and they brought in species. Overused them. Yeah, overused the Borg. Um, but of course, that gives us seven of nine, and there was a ratings boost there because of the sex appeal of Jerry Ryan, and and I think some of the rumors of her and Kate Mulgrew not getting along on set might have fueled some interest in the show, um, although a lot of that didn't come out until later, but you did see. You know, I, I do I do agree with you. The episodic stuff probably hurt that show from a story standpoint because you didn't have there were pieces of it. There were character the, the character threads, the character development with went, some of the went forward with some of them. Um, yeah. You know, I'm, I guess we're all still waiting for Harry Kim to get a promotion. Um, um, I'm, 
the the fact that they couldn't the fact that they couldn't decide uh, what Chakotay's actual belief system was from episode to episode, <laughs> uh, and, and and I think that's so. Uh, episodic television was a thing, and we've talked about this before, and how we, you know, the the modern idea of telling long stories over a season or having each episode lead into, you know, follow on or lead into the, the next part of the story or the previous part of the story, you know, is relatively recent, relatively quote unquote, right? Yeah. So if you had, but it, so Voyager was definitely not in that period where people were willing to look at a show like Voyager, you know, and, and Deep Space Nine, which did take a lot more of a story arc, even its episodes were still fairly episodic. Um, and so, I mean, you, there, there were not, they were not hard resets at the end of each episode, but there was a certain amount of bottle feeling where you could watch an episode and then you could come back four or five episodes later and not be completely lost. If, if, and we just talked about this on, on the, um, on one of the, one of the upcoming TARDIS sauce episodes, um, if if I was given a chance to rewrite something, <laughs> if you were to if you were to give me Voyager now, I wow. would do an I would do an eight episode season, and basically the primary drive of that season would be we have no way to repair this ship. There was okay. a thing called was it was it a Year in Hell? Wasn't that the wasn't that the name of the arc? Something like that, yeah. It was supposed to be a season long. The original plan for was for that to be a season long. It ended up being a few two or three episodes. Something like uh, that. Yeah. And the idea was to show what was go what how these people deal with the fact there's no space dock. Right. You can't go back to the to the shipyard. You have to deal with the fact that you've run into this you know dangerous species and they blew a hole in your ship. You know, you can only prefabricate so many bulkheads, right? Right. You know, and and so, I, which would have been fascinating. It might, it would not have been great episodic television, but for a Star Trek drama, now, yeah, it could be really good if it was written well. So, and I think that's one of the things that a lot of people felt was very strange about Discovery, was that it, it kind of did this sort of hybrid thing where it leaned a lot heavier into the uh, story arc, the, the the single story playing out, um, and still had something of an episodic nature. And in the first season, it didn't lean into continuity. Now, second season, it let it leaned into continuity hard and to its benefit. I mean, when you have when you have the Enterprise show up and Captain Pike comes over and goes, "My ship's broken and needs to be fixed." I'm in, you know, I'm I'm your new captain. Fans sat there and went, "Oh, really?" You know. Well, and if you and were, if you were willing to take the best in the and show. And that leads to uh, I, what I think is a legitimate criticism of that show, in that you get through the first season, mixed reviews from the fans, mixed reviews sure. from the critics, and now what we've got is uh, in the second season, well. Instead of depending on our new characters to, to take us through the show, now we have to bring in the Enterprise characters to prop up and develop interest in the season. And, and, you, and did, you make did that, that really happen? Here's my counter-argument with that. Okay. Is that Spock, who was part of the driving part of the, of the season's plot... Mm -hmm doesn't show up until 
fairly late in the season. Right, he's, but he's, he's a drive, but he's driving element in the story, though. He's a, he's a driving element. Pike shows up, but Pike's main role in the show for a significant chunk, really until Spock arrives, is to be a contrast for the crew mm-hmm. to the captain from the previous season, Captain Lorca, who turned out to be not only, um, well, unfortunately, a little less interesting of a character, uh, a traumatized Starfleet captain who does bad things is a Star Trek trope. Um, I think, I think I've heard of this, of heard this of trope. Those, yes. Uh, characters. Which actually, yeah. you know, uh, Jason Isaacs doing, I think a really phenomenal job of giving you a traumatized Starfleet captain who was on the edge of losing his mind. Mm. And then of course they sat there and went, Oh, well that would be a great story, except he's going to be a mirror universe guy. Never mind. Um, so you got to have Jason Isaacs being evil, which unfortunately we've seen before. He's good at it. Yeah. But I, it was more interesting to me that this was a this was a broken man, right? Well, and it didn't help things that his online social media activity was so negative toward the people who weren't weren't particularly taken with this show. Well, and, and I think, yeah, I, think I, I don't think that helped either. Probably not. Um, but I think very much the. Because the show leans heavily into the expanded cast of the show, mm-hmm. it's very much not a trilogy. It's not a Kirk, Spock, McCoy. There's like nine, ten different characters you can play with. Right. They're all their reactions to Pike and the ability for Pike to actually play up these people and show what a Starfleet captain is meant to be right. or what the ideal of a Starship captain is and for these people to react to that and feel supported by that i think it helps it helped develop this crew in a way that the first season you saw them dealing with a the excitement of of exploration and discovery of this new drive and all the different things but the trauma of that first season they actually let the characters deal with it mm-hmm. in the second, which I thought was really interesting in terms of storytelling. That's what I like. I like I like repercussions to play out. Right. You know, I don't like the and now we're all okay because that's not the way the world works. So, like I said, it certainly it, would be nice if it worked out that way every now and again. Well, also true. So, but to, you know, for folks for folks who don't like the series, I'm not going to sit there and tell you you're wrong. It's up to you. I'm going to say that personally, I thought the first season was iffy. And I thought the second season was was really solid. And I'm actually excited about the fact that they've gone, okay, we're going to go so far in the future, we can tell whatever stories we want. And, and that's where they should have been in the first place. And I think you could argue that very strongly. But I also think that the second season earned that in a way that it might not have been the first. Yeah. So speaking speaking of inspirational captains and and where they're going to go with it next, we've got uh, we've got Patrick Stewart coming back as as a retired Jean Luc Picard, Admiral Jean Luc Picard. Um, we have seen him on on the family property. He's at the winery, the family vineyard. The new poster we have uh, Picard standing there with pit bull, and we've seen photographs of the you know people have done the blow up of the little uh, the little dongle on his collar with a little number one on it yeah so you know everybody's just oh look at that people or they're um, going uh, i think it was tour.com mentioned i think it was today they're talking about how wait a minute does that mean riker's dead 
and and that's where you know what, what's question. the status of the rest of the crew yeah they were they were just they were exploring some well, of the darker and, aspects of what, well, of what and, the future could be that's where tor is going to go because tor is like that but um the the other question though is about the crew because you talk about you know the you talk about picard and you know the captain inspiring a crew we don't have a starfleet crew in this show as far as we know we have some sort of mission to recover an artifact so we're going to lean into picard's archaeology background probably and you have a bunch of misfits that are on this crew that he puts together to go after this artifact and my first think my first think my first question of that is if they're pulling him back out of retirement because that seems like maybe what they're doing because they're calling him admiral although we don't see who's asking him the question as to why he left starfleet we don't right. know who's asking that question it could be one of the one of these people in this crew Sure. He may not be getting recalled back to Starfleet, as far as we know. Although we've seen him on the grounds of Starfleet Academy. Or so, what we, we believe to be Starfleet Academy. Yeah, but I mean, there's Starfleet uniforms around. So he's at some sort of Starfleet facility at some point in this story. Mm-hmm. Which kind of steers us in the direction that at some point he's interacting with Starfleet whether it's as the civilian or recalled back and maybe he's maybe he's undercover who knows but there doesn't seem to be a whole lot of opportunity here for any of the past crew to show up I mean if let's let's assume that Riker is still alive he's the captain of the Titan Mm -hmm. Troy is his wife and ship's counselor there um, and if they follow any of the continuity of the books that came after the shows went off the air, which is a big if, it's a, it's a big if, but um, the way they've done those books, they have not separated out the crews. Mm-hmm. It's all next generation era. Now the original series cast stories are still separate and apart their own thing. But the Next Generation era, past the end of DS9, past the end of Voyager, those stories are now integrated. And all of the cast of characters and the crews from all of the different shows are mixed on everything. Um, uh, Dax is, is a ship's captain, and... I think Tuvok is either security chief or first officer over on Titan with Riker and Troy. I mean, everybody's everybody's mixed up all over the place. So if if they continue with that continuity, there's really not going to be very much opportunity for anybody to come back. But now we have rumor that Brent Spiner may come back as Data. In which case, you have to wonder if they're going to use... There was a three-part series, uh, a three-book series that David Mack and some others wrote that basically revived Data in a new body. Mm -hmm. Um, The the gist of it, and we'll get into spoilers here, but the gist of the story is that Noonien Sung 
figured out a way to transfer his consciousness to an android body that's that looks human. Mm-hmm. So of course you've got he looks like looks like Brent Spiner, and through the course of this three three book story, Sung dies, restores Data into that body, and so now Data is back as Data, not before, and he's right. Data, and he's full on. You know, with the emotion chip and everything else, and you know he's got the upgrades, so he can be pretty much fully human-ish now. But we've got rumors that Brent Spiner will be back. So will he be playing B four? Will he be playing Data in some way, shape, or form that's similar to what we got in those in those books? Or is this going to be a completely different? data or a different android or could he be a sung of some sort could he be noonian sung's twin brother nephew whatever right i mean the 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 character um the the sung dynasty um <laughs> has has had a certain tendency to uh have a certain uh sameness of appearance in in the male uh males of the of the family mm-hmm. um you know well i think i think there's some interesting opportunities here because it really depends you know they're, they're talking about the show being a lot more philosophical and a lot more a study of a man later in life and dealing with the consequences because I mean, apparently apparently there was some issue that you know and of course we don't there's a lot of speculation a lot of people think it has to do with the uh, trying to save the people uh, the romulans after after the you know after their uh, planet explodes right you know all these different things that it could be and and what would drive picard from starfleet somebody who someone who as much as you know he he enjoyed being a captain he enjoyed being the uh, explorer he enjoyed being the diplomat and remember what kirk told him he said don't let anybody get you out of that chair right so what so what, what drive what could drive picard away and there are a lot of interesting ideas about you know you know, exploring the ideas of—I mean, certainly the Federation and the Romulan Romulan empires were not allies. So there, you know, there's certainly—and we saw this—we saw this played with fairly well in Star Trek VI with the the antagonism. You know, mm. Kirk's let them die, right? And and that and for Kirk, of course, that's that's the kind of emotional reaction that makes sense. Of course, he lost David to a Klingon. There's, but there's you know, exploring the fact that maybe not everyone wanted to save the Romulans. You know, and maybe and Starfleet has a history of of military people in their power structure who sit there and say, you know, oh well, they're our enemies. Right. We're not going to help them. Yeah. And Picard is exactly the kind of Starfleet captain who would look at them and go, but we're Starfleet. That's what we do. Yes, we're Nixon. And if we if we you know, and if if Picard ran into you know, if Picard was ordered not to do it. Yeah. You know, there's all these different things you could play with that would still be in character for the, you know, the man for where he would walk away. But we don't know. OK, there's so right. all of this is speculation. We have they have been really, really good at keeping it clamped down. So which is why I'm thinking that I would not surprise me in the least to have, you know, the Titan come over the hill uh, at a crisis moment. And, you know, it would it wouldn't be an episode that Jonathan Frakes is directing. Probably you probably let someone else run director's chair on that one. But um, have we heard if he's going to be directing any of Picard? I know he's been directing least, Discovery. So he's directing at least two, two of the episodes. Um, and I think that's that's another thing that um, a lot of fans are excited about because, of course, Frakes has turned into a very solid director. 
Well, he's and he's yeah, he's he's fairly solid. Um, now, if we start seeing social media posts of Frakes in a gym, then watch out. Now, but twenty, I mean, but you know what? Twenty years later, you know, some of us get some of us get a little rounder as we get older. I don't know what you're talking about. I don't know either. <laughs> so, I mean, no, I'm I'm. I think it's an interesting thing to explore, and I think that it, it you can do it more with Picard than say you could do it with Kirk. Yeah, you know, even if Shatner was willing, which he's he's made it very clear he's not particularly willing to go back to the part. Um, but you know, Picard was much more of a philosophical character. If you if you go back to Kirk, you're stuck. Uh, let me he's, let me he's the, let me say well, this: Kirk's you're not the stuck. Kirk's the cowboy. You're limited yeah. to a kind of story with Kirk because it's the it's the the man of action put out to pastor. Yeah. Right. And quite frankly, although some people are very excited about the idea of a Quentin Tarantino Star Trek, I don't need Kirk's Unforgiven. No. Right. No, we don't need that. Not at all. Um, I don't think I don't I don't and I don't think I don't think it's a story that that anybody really feels they want to tell either because it's you know I think um, there are. There's a you know, and, and honestly, I think I think there's a place for a Tarantino Star Trek on the fringes. There's there's stories you can tell with that kind of storytelling in the Star Trek universe. Maybe. Um, uh, well, I mean, I see. I could see Tarantino doing an doing a, a an episode of The Mandalorian. Maybe. So I could see, see Tarantino do it. Do it in the do a wartime movie. Do a Star 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 Trek wartime movie. Do something in the, in the middle of the big you know the. Klingon Federation War, right? Mm. You know, give him, give him something like that. I think I'm, I don't necessarily want to see him do a Kirk movie. I don't want to see him do a Picard oh, movie. Oh, I don't want to see oh, we could let Tarantino do the Battle of Axanar. <laughs> <laughs> well, someone's got to, I guess. Um, well, okay, and, and I and I and I say I qualify did, that. And did I you say, see? Did you see his? Did you see his post? Have you seen? Um, no. uh, a Peter's posted. I think it was today, um, the latest in all of the developments over there over at Axanar Studios, right? And sure, um, right. and apparently they got a deal on their rent. Their rent is now $500 a month less because they weren't using as much of the parking lot and the tenants next door were, so now they're paying $500 more for their parking spaces sure. and Axanar is not paying as much. So with all of their rent and utility and all that other stuff, now they're only paying $3,200 a month to be in the space where they're at. Okay. And with the Patreon and other stuff, uh, basically they're short about 1300 a month every month to make up the difference for rent on the facility where they've got the 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 Aries sets built. Right. Yeah. But I don't know that they've still not shot anything. I mean, Peter's yeah. Peter's is one of the most self-aggrandizing frauds that I have run across in a long time. I, 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 think, I feel sorry for everybody that put money into that project. Yeah, it doesn't seem, unfortunately, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere. It, it seems to have so much promise at the beginning, too, which is a real shame. Well, um, and, 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 you know, and 
you know, the way he handled that situation and, you know, the fallout affects everybody that wants to make any kind of a fan film. I mean, I, I got to be a judge in the Bejo Awards here for Star Trek fan films here not too long ago. They announced them at Triclana. And you, you see some of them quality-wise are not great. Some of them are much better than, than, than okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can tell that they're really into this. They really, they really want to yep. make this thing the best they can do, even if the sets are made out of cardboard and I've just got the, ve- the vest for my three-piece suit and the badge. I mean, that's it. You know, limited resources do, you know, doesn't really affect what kind, of, what kind of work that they're doing. But uh, passion's not enough. And with the real shows that CBS is doing, you have to hope. Now, with Stewart being involved as a producer and also working in the story, he's maybe more familiar with Picard than anybody else. So we're gonna we're probably gonna get a decent story out of that. But then you look at some of the other ones, you know, the lower decks and the other the animated pictures, and you've got the short tracks and some other stuff that Kurtzman has hinted at as in development. And then you add to that the continuing rumor, speculation, percolating, maybe, maybe not, will they or won't they, possible merger between CBS and Paramount again. And Kelvin's gone. Now what does Star Trek look like once everything's back together under one roof? I would, I would say that what I would like to see... Look, you've got Discovery in the future mm. with no with no apparent plans to bring it back and and it back from the future, right? Right. So, which okay. is smart, so have, I think so. Yeah. You have your chance to explore the future of the Milky Way galaxy. What is the Federation three thousand years from now? What is what is the universe? You know, what, cool you know, cool things could be happening here. Right. You've got a chance to show uh, the immediate future or kind of the present with Picard's present. 20 years on mm-hmm. right right and you have a chance to show you know and if you if you want to you, you you can play back in your in your original you know, your earlier parts with your you know uh giorgio uh section 31 series which yep. is basically star trek as, as a spy show right okay cool right right potentially potentially um and you've got the other things you've got lower decks and that sort of stuff so it looks like what we might be trying to do here and what i would like to see is as much as we love the original enterprise and as much as the idea was there to make the original Enterprise crew for a new generation, you know, let's move beyond that. We, okay, we did it. You, you got, you got, uh, a, you know, three films of however you feel about them. You got three Star Trek movies with this with this new version of the original crew. Okay, you got that. Right now, let's go on to something else. Let's, you know, let's take these shows. Ex- you know, I, I have no problem with experimenting with the Star Trek model. You know, I, I don't get upset with, okay, I don't have the, this isn't my Star Trek, because of course my Star Trek was the stuff that was off the air when I was watching it. Right. My Star Trek was canceled. <laughs> and, but it was brought and, back. And they brought it back, yeah. but but as much as, as much as we love Wrath of Khan, there are real problems, but mostly with pacing, with Star Trek the motion picture. Yeah. 
you know, none of this is none Although, of this is the director's the director's oh, cut director, works right. works much better than the director. theatrical. I highly recommend the director's cut. Yes. Um but but the thing is is that you know the the stories things like Picard I get excited about because they're like, "Ooh, they're telling an interesting the idea sounds interesting with a character that is the original actor, but he's playing the actor as an older character. It's given us a hook with why did Picard leave Star Trek, Starfleet? You know, um, you know, find some way to entertain me and tell something new. Yeah, fail fail if you want to. If Discovery had been canceled after season one, I would have been hey, at least they tried something. It didn't work, but at least they at least they didn't sit there and go, let's go back to the well. Right. We've already you know and and walk the road we've already trod because. You know, for all the fact that I think um, uh, the third uh, JJ Trek film really kind of captured pretty decently the spirit of the original series, not perfectly, but pretty decently. Yeah. You know, Beastie Boys notwithstanding. And although I really enjoy that scene. So, but oddly enough, you know, the thing is, is that you shouldn't have had to wait three movies. And by that point, it was too little, too late. Yeah. Because the the box office numbers are meant there was no fourth film. Yeah, well, and it's just like with with Enterprise, you know. By the time you get with you get Manny Cotto in charge, and hey, why don't we make a Star Trek series? It's too late because your hardcore Star Trek fans have abandoned the show because it's not, it's it doesn't it doesn't have the essence of Star Trek. Well, and unfortunately, they didn't have the Marvel Universe backing them up like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., where you can, you know, drive the concept into the ground in the first season, and then suddenly, you know, turns out the show's really good if you, you know, for the folks who stuck around to watch it. Yeah, which weren't enough. If if there wasn't a Marvel Universe, we wouldn't have had a second season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't think. I'm not sure we would have made it through the first season. But I think it's turned out to be a really, I mean, it, it... it has done some really interesting things, oh, and yeah, no. I need to catch up on the latest season. We caught the first couple of two, three episodes, but um, I've, I've still got to catch up on that. Uh, there are so many things, because now we're getting into some of the premieres of other shows that are showing up over on CW and Hulu and, and all of these things, so we are so far behind. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see how Picard turns out. I'm I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. Um, we'll see. I think uh, uh, there's reason for some cautious optimism. We'll no. we'll we'll hope that's the case. All right, and uh, that's gonna do it for us because uh, Tim's got to head out. Don't forget. Uh, oh, Sci-Fi for Me 10 as a promo code over at SuperheroStuff.com, and you will get 10% off your order. And next week, probably, maybe, I don't know, are you are you on a show? Are we are we back in the studio next week? I think we're no? back in the studio, but I'll double-check that. Like I said, Fringe is a curious thing, and, and um, I, I've already discovered at least one schedule thing where I'm like, I thought it was this. No? Okay, fine. Yeah. So I'll double check that. And we'll make sure one way or the other. We'll be back next week. All right. And that's going to do it for us. Thanks very much for watching folks. Don't forget if you want to leave us a comment, uh, usually when we're live, you can do that in the live chat, but we also have an email H2O at sci-fi for me.com. Let us know what you think. And don't forget uh, subscribe. Give us a thumbs up. 
share us with your friends because the YouTube algorithms are just all over the place right now. They're like squidly, 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 squidly. So it doesn't uh, it doesn't help very much. So, all right, there is assistant. We will be back next week. Thanks for watching, folks. This has been a presentation of Sci-Fi for Me Radio, copyright 2019 by Flaming Dog Media, LLC. All rights reserved. No portion of this program may be retransmitted without the express written consent of Flaming Dog Media.